Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is James from Dividend Stock Talk. Brought to you by the 10-Minute Trader, where I invest in dividend stocks for weekly cash flow. I'm getting quite a bit of response from the people about this new list I've come up with. These are the companies that I'm going to solely concentrate on for the probably the duration of my investment career. I want companies that have a historical performance. I'm not looking for um, frills. You know, something that's going to shoot to the moon. I'm not looking for something coming out with a new product and just going to go outrageous. No, I'm not. I'm looking for consistent, stable, predictable, and safe returns. My main objective is at 1% per week. Now, I invest for weekly cash flow. Now, weekly cash flow, they're 13 weeks per quarter. Okay, that means every 90 days... The list starts over again from 1 to 175. There's 175 companies on this list. Some of them from the 1700s. Yes, you heard me right. Over 200 years old. Wait a minute. Well, okay, over 200 years old and still paying out dividends. Okay, these companies have seen a shitload. Excuse my language. You don't like the language? Hey, this is not the place for you because you know what? Life doesn't have a reset button. I get in, I get my money, I get the hell on out. All right, so I'm going to quickly go over what happened yesterday and of the past couple of days, and then we're going to we're going to have another episode later on around three thirty quarter or four because I have a lot of options on some of these some of these uh, positions. Now, my main objective, like I said, is the one percent per week, and how we do that. So I take a look at these 175 stocks. Whichever ones are up for this week are the ones that I jump into. Now, I buy them and I either do one or two strategies. Strategy number one is what I call dividend capturing 2.0. You got the dividend coming up. And I'm going to give you a couple examples. Okay, um, we are in May. It's May 5th. Okay, perfect example. Johnson & Johnson is paying out their... Whoops, I had to go. I'm looking at 2022. Okay. Johnson Johnson's not on there. Well, imagine that. <coughs> well, actually, Johnson Johnson will be on there a little bit later on uh, because for some strange reason, the Think or Swim trading platform on the market watch where the calendar is. It tells you the companies they're paying. You can even look at the dividends, the earnings, conference calls, splits, um, futures liquidation, market drive, ETFs, dividends, all that kind of nice, neat, fine crap. Uh, I only look at the dividends because I figured out a long time ago that stocks move for one or two reasons. Either a known reason, which is one of those events, dividend, earnings, conference calls, splits, uh, liquidations, uh, market drives, ETF dividend, you know, that kind of information. Stuff you know that you can set your clock, your calendar, your watch to, okay? And then you have the unknown reasons. Let me give you a couple of unknown reasons. We had the pandemic that hit. Do you remember when the Exxon Valdez, for, for those of you old enough, uh, hit hit a ground, uh, what do you call it, BP had that uh, spill in um, the Gulf of Mexico, um, some kind of a lawsuit, some kind of... Uh, a new drug getting passed. A lot of reasons that something happens that we have no control over, we don't see it coming, and we only can react to. That's an unknown reason, and you can't plan for that. So I value my time more than anything. So what I want to do is I want to get in, I want to make my little profit, and I want to move on with my day. If I want to watch the grass grow, hey, that's up to me. If I want to fly down to Florida, hang out with my grandson, hey, that's up to me. 
I want to be in control of my money. And the only way to be in control of my money and my time is to have enough so I don't have to worry about it. Now, 1% is perfectly fine by me, okay? Um, let me give you a couple of examples. Later on during the month, Johnson & Johnson, which we all know is over 100 years old, Dividend King increased their payments to the shareholders for more than 50 years consecutively. I honestly don't believe Johnson & Johnson is going to disappear overnight. Okay, now Lehman Brothers did disappear overnight, but that was through greed and, 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 and corruption. But Johnson & Johnson, they make uh, consumable products. Band-Aids, toothpaste, uh, oh, I, you know, I, I'm drawing a blank on exactly what they do, but we all know that they've been around for a long time. Now, Johnson & Johnson, hypothetically somewhere on the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, they're going to pay out a dividend of $1.13. All right, now, here's the idea. Monday morning, if I buy, let's say, 1,000 shares of Johnson & Johnson at the market at the open, market on open, it's called an M-O-O -O order, market on open. Okay, the market on open order, you will get a notice around 9.31 that you had been filled. So as soon as you get that order, you add that $1.13 for the upcoming dividend to your purchase price of Johnson & Johnson. That now becomes your exit price, all right? Now, I usually let that sit for two or three days. Um, on Wednesday, if it has not sold, I cancel that order and then I sell someone the right to buy it from me for basically the same price I paid for it, and that would give me about a 1% return. Okay, so I like doing the math. You should follow along and see how it works. Like I say, Johnson Johnson's coming up. Um, actually, it's probably going to be one of my first trades come Monday. And then uh, later on during the week, there'll be KHC, which is Kraft Heinz, um, SPGI, GLW, KEY, NOC. Those are the six companies that I'm looking at to invest in next week, depending on which which um, which stocks I get rid of this week. Now, let's quickly go over what I have this week. I have Bank of America, BACE, uh, CVX, which is Chevron, INTC, which is Intel, and TGT, which is Target. Now, uh, from the way it looks, it looks like Target might be the only one that I'm going to get rid of this week because it is the only one that is in a positive at this moment in time. So I got it for 157 uh, 157.70, I sold the 157.50 call option for someone to buy it from me, and I collected a $2.30 premium. Now, that $2.36 premium is more than 1% of the purchase price. Okay, so the purchase price is 157.70, $2.36. Oh, you know what? Let's do it real quick because I got the calculator right here. Okay, um, whoops, 236 by 157, really quickly, $2.36 divide by 157.7, okay, and it equals 
1.5%. So that's a 1.5%. So I buy it on Monday. I collect 1.5% for the premium. And then most likely by Friday, which is today, I'll be out of Target. And then I'll jump into um, Johnson & Johnson first thing on Monday. That's basically how it works. Now, let's quickly run down what we have. And then later on, I will go and uh, give you what we're looking at later. Bank of America, we're at uh, 2757 at this moment in time. Um, for the last 30 days, we got a high at 3093 and a low at 2683. And that 30-day low was yesterday. So we're up today. Now, I bought Bank of America at 3069. So more than likely, I'm going to carry this into next week. Uh, and I'm probably end up going to sell the option again for someone to buy it from me at 3050 yet again. And I'm perfectly okay with that. Maybe I might even sell the 28 and a half, so the 29s. Because I don't want to go too far out of the money. Let's quickly take a look at Bank of America, BAC. Uh, for next week. Here we go. Okay, now the bid right now is $27.59. The ask is $27.60. So you get that one penny difference between the two. 21 million shares have traded already. At the money, at this moment in time, the $27.50 is going for $0.59 cents a share. I like that. We can even go for the 28s at $0.33 cents a share. Okay, so you buy it. You sell someone the right to buy it from you for exact very close to the exact same price you paid for it. So if I buy it for $27.60 and I let somebody buy it from me at $27.50, yeah, I'll lose $0.10, cents, but I am capturing $0.59 cents a share. So you subtract that $0.10 cents from there, then that's $0.49 cents a share. That's still 1.5% for the week, Buying, it, selling someone the right to buy it for me for the same price. Now, the thing I like about Bank of America, let me quickly look at some of the details. Bank of America is at 27.58 at this moment in time. Now, here's my favorite thing about Bank of America. Number one, it is the largest owner of bank-owned life insurance. Now, they I forget. I looked at the number last night. Somebody was showing it to me. It was a huge number. They have billions upon billions of dollars in life insurance. Uh, if you don't understand what that means, you should do a little bit of research. The company buys insurance policy on their executives if something happens so that when they collect these huge policies. So, all right, that's just one. Number two, the book value of Bank of America is at $30.61. So you could buy it now for, for below the book value, which is very challenging. The book value is basically if you liquidated everything that Bank of America owned, you would get $30.61. That's the book value. So I love Bank of America. It's one of the few companies I will continue buying and I will continue holding on to um, only because it's giving me a nice return on the uh, on the premiums. The book values there and they own a huge amount of life insurance. Okay, that being said, that's Bank of America. Let's go to the next one. Next one on the list is CS. CS is Credit Suisse. Now, hypothetically speaking, Credit Suisse is a bankrupt company. They are and they aren't, okay? For some strange reason, Credit Suisse is still being traded on the stock market. Okay, a year ago today, they were at $6.87. 
They had a 52-week high at $7.36. Now, they went bankrupt somewhere back in February. But funny thing is, the shares are still being sold. Okay, they're down to 85 cents a share. What does that mean? It doesn't really mean squat, but let's take a look at the numbers. CS. Okay, the book value for Credit Suisse now, these numbers, I'm not sure if they have changed yet or not, is at $12.38. So if I can buy it for $0.86 cents and it's valued at $12.38, even though the company's bankrupt, they still have the assets that they have to get rid of. So hypothetically speaking, they'll probably find a way to screw us out of some of the money, is that um, they will start liquidating everything that Credit Suisse owns, or they will reimburse the shareholders some of the money. That being said... I bought it at $0.90. Cents. The book value is $12.38. And they're still, to this day, trading on the stock market. Go figure. Something's up somewhere. They're still trading shares. But the valuation is down to $0.86 cents a share. Now, I'm not suggesting you go out and buy any. I saw this opportunity and I said, wait a minute. Something's going on here. Now, I can't tell you what the... What the... Uh, the amount of life insurance that Credit Suisse owns because I don't really have that information in front of me at this moment. I could find it out, and you know what? Later on today, I will let you know, but as of now, I don't know it. Okay, back to some of these other companies that I have. So I just, you know, I just threw a couple thousand bucks at Credit Suisse just in case, you know, just in case. Next on the list is CVX, which is Chevron. CVX, I think I'm going to get screwed on CVX, but let's take a quick look at it. Now, CVX, I bought a spread because I lost a little money because I wasn't paying attention. Now, I went over this a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I'm probably going to have to cut down my extracurricular activities and concentrate when it comes to money. You know, <laughs> concentrate a little bit better. My mind was somewhere else. And for some strange reason, I didn't take a look at this account at that time of day. And the stock moved up past the point where the um, I got called out or I got assigned, so to speak. And then I lost a big fat chunk of money because I wasn't paying attention. So now I'm trying to catch up on it and making some silly mistakes. And this is a silly one that I made. But it wasn't silly at the time because Chevron's got the dividend coming up in two weeks. All the numbers looked great. It had a new bottom. Okay. okay you had a 30-day high. And then you had your retracement, you had your profit taken, new solid bottom, stock even went up. I got into the spread position, the 62.65. Okay, cost me a buck fifty. Now I can make a buck off of it, but here's the thing: the stock dropped Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Today, she's recovered a little bit, but she's only at 59.67, which still means I'm going to lose money on this trade because I don't see it going to 165 by the end of today. So that money went swirly. All right. Next on the list is INTC. Now, as I was saying before, I love spread trades because they are my favorite trades. Stock moves up, make money. Stock stays the same, make money. Stock can even come down and make money. However, if the stock goes down too much, which was the case this week, you lose. Okay. 
That's exactly what happened. Okay, Intel. Intel, basically the same thing. Up, down, up, down. Um, gapped up on Friday, last Friday. Had three down days in a row, two up days. And it's just like, kind of like all over the place. Not a big deal. It's a dividend king. I really don't care. I'll carry it into next week if I need to. Uh, target. Okay, I'm looking at Intel. I'm thinking, oh, that's nice. TGT. Wrong numbers. Okay. Wow, we had uh, five down days in a row with Target. But we're having a nice up day so far. We got 156.78 at this moment. Now, we're into Target at 157.70. I sold someone the right to buy it for me at 157.50. Okay, I'm going to make money off of that one. I'm going to make money off of everything except for CVX. My own damn fault. All right, that's that account. Let's jump on over to the other. Now, I got like four or five accounts I keep my eye on because, you know, it just is what it is. EIG, looking great. Another one of those companies where the book value is higher than the stock price, I believe. I'm not going to look at it now, but it's one of those companies that, that's too big to fail. There's way too much money into this company. Bank of America, again, I don't mind holding on to it. I'm a little unhappy with Caterpillar. See, I'm into Caterpillar at 230, and we're sitting at 212. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to hold on to Caterpillar because it's Caterpillar. Ain't going anywhere. Those big cats you see everywhere. Uh, I collected the dividend. I collected a bunch of premiums. I'll collect some more premiums next week. Don't really care. I bought, you know, another $5,000 worth of uh, Credit Suisse in this account also. So, altogether, I got like a $10,000 worth of Credit Suisse, which is an awful lot of shares. Is that 5,000 shares? I think it has 5,000 shares. No, that's right. Yeah, it's only 5,000 shares. Right, anyway, uh, Ford. Ford, again, is one of my favorites only because, number one, it's one of those companies that um, it's over 100 years old, been paying their dividend consistently. Granted, they're not a dividend king, but uh, we're at 193 today consistently moving up. Now, I have no problem whatsoever carrying Ford into the future next week. I sold someone the right to buy it for me at 12, which is a possibility. Um, I would prefer not to sell it if I don't have to because uh, the option price right now is $2. I mean, sorry, two and a half cents per share so i could buy it at two and a half cents per share roll it into next week might be an idea not 100 percent sure but we'll go from there and then general motors now ford and general motors both the book value is higher than the stock price at this moment in time it's like how the hell can you go wrong there now general motors is basically a sideways company all right we have uh the low, around 31, and the high, around 41 and a half. And it's been going sideways all year long. It's kind of like a channeling stock. You buy it, you sell it. You buy it, you sell it. So, so General Motors right now is sitting at 32.79. Okay, and I'm into this at 34.88. So more than likely, I'm going to hold on to this one and carry it into next week and do the exact same thing. Sell some more premiums against it and just keep that money, got cash flow rolling in. Okay, all that being said and done, 
We're way past our 10 minutes. So I'm going to catch you guys again at 3.30, quarter of four, to check on these options and make sure that I'm in the positive because things are going to change next week. I get some big news for you guys next week. So again, if you want that list, send me a DM. I'll get it out to you the best I possibly can. Now, to be totally honest with you guys, I am great at what I do with you know the investing for the weekly cash flow because I've been doing it for over 20 years. But the internet stuff, you know, hey, it's a little bit beyond me and I'm trying to find someone who actually helped me be able to do it. It's a little bit challenging. So be persistent. I'll get it to you the best I possibly can. I've been trying to get a new website up and I guess I will talk to you guys later on today. This is James from Dividend Stock Talk brought to you by the 10-Minute Trader and I will talk to you later. Well, that wraps up another session. I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to follow along with some of these live session trades, let us know. If you have any questions, we can get back to you. And have a great day.